This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed, your hour of old-time radio crime, which you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. And remember, if you'd like to help support Case Closed and all of the Relic Radio podcasts, you can visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Your support makes this show happen every week. Thank you, as always, to those who have helped out. This week, we're going to hear from Nick Carter, Master Detective, with his story from April 2nd, 1946, titled Eight Records of Death. After that, it's Mr. District Attorney in the Case of the Deadly Train, his story from March 13th, 1946. What's the matter? What is it? It's a case for Nick Carter, Master Detective. Yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters. The detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction. Nick Carter, Master Detective. The fact of the matter is, Mr. Carter, that I've quite accidentally stumbled upon evidence that a horrible murder has been committed. But, Mr. Field, why come to me? That sort of thing should be reported to the police. But to what police? Where was this murder committed? I don't know. Well, then how can you be sure there was a murder if you don't even know where it was done? That's what makes this particular crime different from any other. Somewhere, sometime, a woman has been brutally murdered. Yet I don't know when or where. As a matter of fact, I doubt if anyone in the world knows of it except those who did it and me. Really? Well, how does it happen that you alone know all this? Because the victim has told me so in her own words. I heard the horrible story from her own lips. Ah, then you talked to her. No, no, never. But you just said... But she has talked to me. See here, Mr. Field, are you trying... Mr. Carter, here's the story. About a month ago, at one of those sales of unclaimed packages that the express company holds twice a year, I I bought a box. uh, About uh, one-third the size of a steamer trunk. When I took it home and opened it, I found it contained a blood-stained dress, a photograph of a beautiful woman, and eight phonograph records. What kind of records? Well, they were the small record blanks you buy when you want to make your own recordings at home. And it was from these records that I learned about the crime. Hmm. Well, Mr. Field, if you wanted to arouse my curiosity, you've certainly succeeded. How soon can I hear these records? Immediately. They're in my rooms. If you care to, we can go there right now. Excellent. Patsy? Yes, Nick? Get your hat. We're leaving at once to listen to a murder. That was the start of one of the strangest cases that ever came into the office of Nick Carter, Master Detective. A murder which came to light only because a man bought a box at an auction sale. Eight records which told the amazing story of the brutal killing of an innocent victim. Eight records of death. This is the box, Mr. Carter. How long ago did you say you bought it, Mr. Field? Oh, about a month ago. And the express company holds things for a year before selling, which means the murder's at least a year old. Were the wrappings on the box when you bought it? Yes, but I'm sorry to say they were destroyed before I knew they might give me a valuable clue to the mystery. Too bad. You recall the name to which the box was addressed? Oh, yes, yes, I do. It was addressed to Alex Delanor, New York City, no street address. The rest of the label was obliterated. I've searched every city directory, every telephone book, every place where names are listed, but no such name anywhere. When are we going to get to the records, Nick? Right now, Patsy, I hope. How about it, Mr. Field? Uh, right away. I'm very curious to get your reaction to them. Are they numbered? No, but I've played them so often, I'm sure I have them in order. Uh, here's the first one. I don't suppose anyone will ever hear this record, but it's the only way I can think of to tell my terrible story to the outside world. I'm being held a prisoner in my own house. Held prisoner without any hope of rescue, except death. And I know that will be the end for me. All I ask of you who are listening is to avenge my death by putting my murderers where they belong. My name... Sounds as if she really meant it, doesn't she? I thought he was coming in then, but he didn't. My name is Nancy Deering. You will undoubtedly recognize it. As you know, I'm very rich, but all my money is no good to me now. I've tried to escape, but he keeps too close a watch on me. 
I only hope they don't kill me. That's all on that. He apparently came back unexpectedly. She certainly had trouble getting her story on the record, didn't she? Yes, she was interrupted many times, generally in the wrong places. What a terrible feeling to expect to be killed any minute. Here's the next one. I don't know where I left off last time. I don't dare play it back. If they should ever hear what I'm trying to do, they'd take the machine away from me. From the way they talk, the end is very near. They may... I'm sure Ralph was listening outside the door, so I switched on the radio till he went away. Ralph is the one who will kill me when the time comes. Bad as Olive is, I don't believe she could kill her own cousin. But her husband is different. When I refused to sign the deed last night, he hit me several times. But he can't make me sign because I'm positive that would be the end of me. He can do anything he... And that's all there is on that. I wish she'd planned what she was going to say a little better. How to make head or tail of it this way. Well, she manages to get most of the story on the records, one way or another. The only thing she missed out on was telling us who she was or where she lived. All we have is her name. And she said she thought we'd recognize the name. Maybe she lived a long way from here. Maybe. Here's the third one. She apparently knew Ralph was coming to see her, and she prepared for his visit in advance. This is what she got. Come in. Well, my beautiful cousin, have you decided to sign that deed? I told you I'd never do it. Never. All we want, my cousin, is your money. As soon as you've made it over to us, we'll set you free, just as we promised. You don't fool me for one minute. The minute I put my name on that paper, you'd kill me. Set me free. That's funny. I haven't had a free minute since that cousin of mine moved into this house. I thought she was going to be company for me after Leonard died. But I'd have been better off living here alone. It was very sweet of you to invite her to come and live with you, Nancy. It was even nicer of you to let her bring me along. We've had such fun here. I wish I'd known then what I know now. (laughs) A little late to worry about that, dear cousin. Well, for the last time, will you sign me? No, no, no. Very well. But it won't be long before you wish you had. Oh, how I wish this were all over. I'd rather be dead than living like this. Not a friendly face anywhere since they got rid of my old servant. Nobody left but Alex. He's too busy with his rose bushes to know what's going on. I wish I were dead. And that's all there is on that one. The poor woman. But it's too bad she didn't use more of those records than she did. She only uses a small portion of each blank. Probably hard enough to get as much as she did in the way she was watched. Nick, where do you suppose she got the blanks in the first place? Probably had a radio phonograph in the room where she was shut up. Must have had the record blanks in with the other records where they didn't notice them. I've never been able to make much of this next one. Maybe you'll have better luck. The whole first part is just scratch. Here, I'll start it where the voices begin. Empty! the idea of voting. Nancy. Isn't she in here? Why, of course she is. Nancy, come out here. Hiding, is she? Well, we'll drag her out. I'll find her, the little Let's sheep. Let's look around Devil. here. Aha! Uh-huh. Look there. Ah, come out of there. No, no, don't wait. Come Let on me alone. out of there, I tell you. Me come on. Oh, oh, Try to kill me, will you? And with my own gun. Too bad for you, you didn't succeed. You devil, why Ralph doesn't... Not very clear, is it? I think so. Nancy locked her door and started the recorder. For some reason, she waited before saying anything. Then Ralph and Olive came to the door, found it bolted, and broke in. Nancy hid, and they dragged her out. She grabbed Ralph's gun and took a fast shot at him. It's too bad she missed. It's clear enough when you tell it. Well, here's the next one. I must hurry as I may be interrupted any minute. They seldom leave me alone anymore. Maybe they're afraid I'll kill myself. But to get on with the story. When my husband was killed in Italy, I invited Olive, a distant cousin, to come and live with me. She asked if she could bring her husband. I foolishly consented. Everything went well for about two months. Then one after another, my servants left. I know now that Olive and Ralph drove them out. Then Ralph suggested that I put him in charge of my estate... I refused, of course. The next day, I was shut up in my room. 
He told me that when I made my fortune over to him, he'd let me go anywhere I wished. But I could tell he was lying. I knew... Someone is listening outside the door. Yesterday, I wrote a letter to Alex, the only one of my servants left, and threw it out the window. If he finds it, maybe he can... And that's that. Well, I didn't get much out of that except a few background details. Now it all pieces together, Patsy. A little at a time. This next record is more interesting, you'll find. Good. Let's have it. Well, Nancy, how do you feel today? You're not interested, so I asked you. I'm extremely interested in the state of your health, always. If you had your way, I'd be dead. Now, why don't you stop being so stubborn, Nancy? It's not getting you anywhere. Why don't you stop torturing me? Or do you enjoy seeing me suffer? I don't particularly mind. Why, you... You she-devil! You ever throw anything at me again, I'll tie you hand and foot so you can't move. Why don't you kill me and be done with it? That's what you're going to do anyway. Why, Nancy? What an unpleasant thought for such a beautiful woman. You know, I could go for you. You'd only say the word. You dirty sneak! I told you that I accused you! I will kill you. I'm almost tempted to do it now. Ralph, will you get me a glass of water, please? I don't see why I should. Oh, all right. But no tricks, sir. I'll... Gosh, wish I could have heard more of that. I thought he was going to make a pass at her. You will hear more. Nancy must have known the record was about ended, so she sent Ralph after the water so that she could change the record. She's clever, that woman. Or should I say she was clever. I'm afraid it's past tense for sure, Mr. Carter. What a terrible thing. Quiet, Patsy, please. Thank you, Ralph. I, uh, I think I should tell you, Nancy, that Olive and I have decided that we'll give you one more day to do just as we want. Just one. Do you think death frightens me? That's the only way I'll ever get away from you two. At least that way my fortune will go to my sister and not to you two murderers. Are you sure? Of course. My will leaves everything to her. Ah, but we have a new will, leaving everything to us. What? Properly signed, sealed, and with. No, you, you can't get away with it. Oh, yes, we can. Of course, we'd rather not have to use it, but if we must, we must. And I assure you, it's a masterpiece of fortune. I can't believe two such inhuman creatures as you and Olive actually exist. Well, we do. And we shall continue to exist long after you've gone. Look forward to tomorrow, Nancy. You, you heard what he said. It was practically a full confession of everything. Oh, I beg you, whoever you are who may hear these words, see that those two monsters get their just desserts for what they've done to me. I shall feel... Huh. I didn't know she was in deadly earnest. You'd think she was putting on an act. Truth is generally more effective than fiction, Bessie. There's one more, the eighth and last. How she managed to get it, I'll never know. But here it is. The first two-thirds are blank. It starts about... Here. Keep away from me, both of you. As you see, I have a gun, and you both know I can shoot. I'll kill the first one of you who comes near me. That's my gun. Where'd you get it? Olive gave it to me so I could defend myself. That's a lie, and you know it. What if it is? Nancy. Give me that gun. Give me that gun, Nancy. Give it to me. I'll break your wrist. Now, come on. Give it to me. Well, that takes care of you, you stubborn fool. You all right, Olive? Yes, I, I guess so, Ralph. The bullet just grazed my head. Good. Is she dead? Uh, she's dead, all right. Even Nancy Deering can't live with a bullet through her heart. Well, I'm glad it's over at last. You, you say you've arranged for the doctor to... Oh, poor Nancy. What a tough break she got. I truly believe that's the most remarkably told murder story in the history of crime. Well, Mr. Carter, do you have any ideas? I think so. But I'm not ready to talk about them yet. What's your first step going to be, Nick? First, I want to take these records back to the office and play them over and over until I know them by heart. Then, I'll be ready to go to work. Got a sandwich in your pocket, Patsy? Oh, Nick, I thought you'd never finished listening to those records. I wanted to be sure I didn't miss anything that could possibly be helpful to me. Did you find anything worthwhile? Yes, indeed, Patsy. There are several clues plainly marked out for us. 
Certainly enough for us to get started, huh? Well, tell me, Nick. Don't keep me waiting. Of course, the most obvious clue we have is the blood-stained dress that came in the box with the records. You mean the label in it? Yes. We know the girl's name was Nancy Deering. That the dress was bought at Shipstead's dress shop in Albany. Uh-huh. And as the picture that was in the box had an Albany photographer's name on it, she must have lived in or near Albany. Right. So we'll start our search there. But, Nick, if it was all done as secretly as the records would seem to indicate, chances are that nobody up there knows anything about it. Yes, except for one thing, Patsy. It's obvious from the quality of the dress and from what she said in one of the records that Nancy Deering was a well-to-do woman. Uh-huh. And I find it difficult to believe that any rich woman can disappear without the newspapers or the police or somebody knowing something about it, even if they don't know there was any foul play connected with it. I see. And when they give you the facts as they have them, you can give them the inside story you got from the records. That's what I hope will happen. So pack your bag and order a taxi. We're flying to Albany immediately. <laughs> to be able to get us on this plane. Well, this business demands a certain amount of priority. Now, Patsy, here's what I plan to do. Hmm. As soon as we get there, you take the photograph to the address shown. See if it really is a picture of Nancy Deering, and also how recent it is. Uh-huh. I'm going to the newspaper office and see what they can tell me. Meet me there. You're, you're not going to the police first? No, not unless we can't find anything anywhere else. I want to keep this unofficial as long as I can. I think I'll get further that way. We've got to be careful. We don't know what we may be stirring up when we start asking questions. Huh? The chief's office? Oh, right over there. Thanks. Come in. Yes? What can I do for you? Mr. Brown, I'm Nick Carter. I hope you can give me some information. Oh, sure, Carter. Glad to help you if I can. What's on your mind? Well, as the editor of a big paper, you must run into things every now and then. Would your files have any dope on a woman called Nancy Deering? Well, what sort of dope are you looking for and why? I'd like particularly to know when and how she died. And I'd rather not tell you why just yet. Carter, I smell a story here. If I give you the information you want, I want that story... I don't know that there is any story, but in return for your help, I'll promise to give you first crack at anything I may find that's worth your attention. Okay. That's the way you want it. I'll play along with you. Nancy Deering, you say? Yes. How and when she died? Well, Nancy Deering and her husband, Leonard Deering, were pretty prominent people here in town, so I can answer your question offhand. Deering, a colonel in the engineers, was killed in the big push through Italy. His wife died of pneumonia a little over a year ago. Pneumonia, huh? You're sure of that? I am, but I'll take it for you. Give me the morgue. Now, Bill, when did Nancy Deering die and what was the matter with her? I'll wait. Get the name of the attending physician, too, will you? Now, look here, Carter. You got any reason to think that... Yes? December 14th, 1944. Right. Pneumonia, yeah. Um, who was the doctor? Fred Windsor. Hey... Wasn't he the guy whose license was taken away a while back for malpractice? Uh-huh. I thought so. Well, okay, thanks. So this Fred Windsor was disqualified. Any idea where he is now? No. Uh, wait, a, wait a minute. I'll have a look in the directory. Let's see. Yep. Here he is. Fred Windsor, 57 Telfer Road. That's up in the western section of the city, a small suburb. Thanks very much, Mr. Brown. I won't bother you anymore. And if I get any red-hot tips, I'll pass them on to you when I'm ready. I wish you'd tell me what this is all about. Later, Mr. Brown. Well, so long. Thanks again. So long. Oh, there you are. I was just coming to find you. What did you find out? The photographer says it's a picture of Nancy Deering, all right, taken about a year and a half ago, just before her husband left for the war. That's her husband with her in the picture. They had a big house out on Lincoln Avenue in the West End. Good. I found what I wanted, too. We going out to the Deering house now, Nick? Not just yet, Bessie. Huh? What she said on the records is true. The ones living there now, her murderers, may hardly be likely to tell us anything we'd want to know. Oh. No, we'll wait till we have more definite information before we tackle them. Then what do we do now? We're going to call on a doctor, or rather an ex-doctor. I hope he'll tell us something he never told anybody before. Now you're in, what do you want? And make it brief. Mr. Windsor, I'll come directly to the point. 
A little over a year ago, a woman named Nancy Deering died. You, as attending physician, signed the death warrant. All right? Yes, I signed it. What about it? I have reason to believe she didn't die of pneumonia. You're crazy. Of course she did. If you think you can come now, here and start a... I said I had reason to think she died of something else. I might have said I have proof that she did. Well, you haven't. Mr. Windsor, you'll save yourself and me a lot of trouble if you... Get out of here, both of you. You're a pair of men. Hold it, Windsor. It won't help you any to get rough. I've got nothing to say to you. You might just as well get out. I'd like you to do just one thing for me before I go. I've got nothing to say. You won't have to talk. Just listen to a record. A record? Yes. You have a player here? Yes, right here. What's the record? Let me play it for you, and you'll see. I can promise you, you'll be greatly interested. I'll go ahead and play it, but be quick about it. Put it on, Pessy. You mean the last one of the series? Yes. Okay. Keep away from me, both of you. Oh. As you see, I have a gun. You both know I can shoot. I'll kill the first one of you who comes near me. That's my gun. Where'd you get it? That's right. Paul gave it to me so I could defend myself. That's a lie, and you know it. What if it is? Can't be possible. before he died. But we can't prove he did, Patsy. No matter how much we know ourselves, we're right back where we started, as far as legal proof goes. Then we'll have to find some other way to prove what we know. We can't stop here. I have no intention of stopping. Well, what now? I'm going to put an ad in the paper for Alex Delano, the man who sent the box to New York originally. He isn't listed in the city directory of the phone book, so we'll have to try it this way. Wouldn't that be dangerous, Nick? How do you mean dangerous? Well, suppose this Ralph should see it. Mightn't he get suspicious? That's one reason I'm using the ad, Patsy. I hope Ralph does see it, and I hope he does something about it. I want to smoke him right out into the open. And this may be one way to do it. Pardon me, do you uh, have any answers in box 415? 415. Uh, yeah, one. Yeah. Well, results. What is it, Nate? Let me get it open and I'll tell you. <laughs> ah, from Alex himself. Hmm. We'll be looking for you at my residence at 84 Green Court about 8 tonight. Alex Delanor. You going, Nick? Of course I'm going. But you're going to stay in your hotel oh. room and wait for me to call if I need your help. Oh, Nick, I want to go, too. Nothing doing, Patsy. Do yourself said. This may be a trap, and I'd rather deal with it myself. Alex Delanor? Yes. May I come in? I'd like some information, if you can give it to me. Oh, but of course. Come in. Thanks. Uh, sit there, please. Delanor, you used to work for Mrs. Nancy Deering, didn't you? Oh, Mrs. Deering. Oh, yes, I worked for her for many years. It was only after she died that Mr. Morgan fired me. Uh, Mr. Morgan? Yes, yes. Tell me, Delanor... After she died, did you pack up a box of records and send them to New York? You have found the records? Oh, I've waited so long for that. Yes, we found them. And why did you send them to New York like that? Well, her letter asked me to, to prove she was murdered. Her letter? Yes. It says she is being kept prisoner, and she is afraid she will be killed at any time. She says if she die quick, I must pack the records I find in her radio cabinet and take them to the police. It will prove what she say. But why didn't you go to the police with that letter? Uh, she have died the day before I find the letter. It is too late. She threw the letter out of the window to me a few days before, but I find it behind a rose bush too late to help. So I, I do what she say. And you didn't take the records to the police? Oh, me, uh, I am afraid of police. Hmm. So I put them in a box and send box to New York. And then I write police to get it and find out what have happened. Do you have her letter now? Oh, yes, I... I keep it in my pocket always. Here it is. Thank you, Delanor. With that letter and the records, I'll I think I... will take that letter, Mr. What? Carter. No, I have a gun here covering you. Put your hands up over your head. That's it. So it was you who arranged this meeting. Yeah, I was curious to know what you wanted with Alex. And I find he knows much more than I thought he did. I should have got rid of him before this. And what do you intend to do now? 
disposed of you and Alex. The records are still in existence. They'll prove you murdered Mrs. Deering. With this letter in my possession and the doctor dead? Oh, yes, I know about that, too. The records will prove nothing. Now, come on, I have my car outside. You and Alex and I'll take a ride to my house where you'll stay until I decide how best to get rid of you. And I say kill him, Ralph. He's too dangerous to be allowed to live. Well, do as I say, Oliver. If Carter were to disappear, every cop in this section of the country would be searching for him. But Ralph, No, he... we'll clean out the safe deposit boxes, withdraw the money we have in the bank, and go to Mexico, South America... We'll leave Carter and Alex tied up there. If they starve to death before they're found, well, that's just too bad. I think you're a fool, Ralph, to let him live. I'm running this, Olive. If you don't want me to go away alone, do as I say. I hate him. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have to run away like this. I could kill him myself. Well, you won't. I don't leave the house until I get back. Pack all your things, be ready to leave. All right, Ralph. I'll get back as quick as I can. Let him live. I won't. I'll fix him. A knife in his heart is what he deserves. That's what he's going to get right now. Yes. yes this carving knife will do. Tied up as he is, he, he can't do anything to stop me from killing him. Are you in there, Mr. Nick Carter? I'm coming to kill you, Nick Carter. I hate you. I'm going to... Now, now, I can reach that knife you dropped. Oh, if I could only see behind my back. What happened, Mr. Carter? I tripped her up as she came in and knocked her head on the floor and stunned her. Now, if I can get to that knife... Now, where is it? I want to be... Now, cut the ropes on my arms. Have you free in a minute, too, Alex? Oh, look out, Mr. Carter. She's coming back. All right. I'm free now. I'll take care of her. What? What happened? Quiet. Don't make a sound. But I... You try to cry out, I'll fix you so you can't. Ralph isn't here anyway. Wouldn't do any good. Where is he? He's gone to town. Oliver. You're lying to me. Olive. That's he calling. Must have come back for something. Olive, why don't you answer me? Call to him. Tell him to come in here. You don't think my ropes are tight enough. I won't do it. Ouch! That's the carving knife you feel between your ribs. Now call to him carefully. Ralph? Yes? Ralph, I'm in here. Please come in. Well, what are you doing in there? Get I your hands in the air. Why, what? Get him up high. That's it. Alan, how did Carter get that gun? Did you? You overlooked this little pistol I always carry in my shoulder holster, Ralph, but it's deadly even if it is small. What? What are you going to do with us now? Round up whatever existence I can find in this house, including Alex's letter, and hand you both over to the police. With what Alex and I can tell them, and the evidence I can turn over to them, you'll both of you pay for Nancy Deering's life by forfeiting your own. Well, Nick, how about a few hints about next week's show? For next week, Ken, I'm going to tell you about a suicide that turned out to be a murder and then disappeared entirely. Hold on a minute now. That's too fast for me. Well, it's true, Ken. If it hadn't been that my woman's intuition told me that what Scubby and I saw wasn't what we ought to have seen, the entire story might have been different. Yes, Patsy, that was one time when you really put the finger on the answer to a very tricky problem. This I gotta hear. What do you call it, Nick? I call it the case of the disappearing corpse. Carter, Master Detective, which is produced and directed by Jock McGregor, is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications Incorporated. Pictured stories of Nick Carter appear in every issue of the Shadow Comics magazine. In the adventures of Nick Carter, Master Detective, Lon Clark is starred as Nick, Charlotte Manson is featured as Patsy, original music is played by George Wright, script is by Jock McGregor. Any resemblance in these programs to actual persons, living or dead, or to actual places, is purely coincidental. Nick Carter, Master Detective, is presented over most of these stations each week at this same time. This is Ken Powell saying so long until next week.
the Mutual Broadcasting System. Mr. District Attorney, Champion of the People, Defender of Truth, Guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mr. District Attorney is brought to you by two famous Bristol Myers products, Vitalis and Sal Hepatica. Vitalis for hair that's well-groomed. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. Vitalis, Sal Hepatica. And it shall be my duty as district attorney not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. The Case of the Deadly Train Our story opens tonight in the station master's office of a Chicago railroad terminal, just off the main waiting room. I think you know the members of my party, Miss Billings. This is Miss Miller, my secretary. Mr. Billings? How do you do? And this is my chief special investigator, Mr. Harrington. How are you, Mr. Harrington? And this is Tom Niles. And Mr. Billings is the conductor of the train we're taking back home, Niles. Go ahead, Niles. You can talk in here. Look, can't we get going? I mean, isn't it time to get on the train? He's handcuffed to you, Mr. Harrington? Yeah, that's right. Just a precaution, Conductor. This is one trip we're going to be sure to make, huh, Chief? I've told Mr. Billings the importance we attach to getting Niles back home with us, Harrington. I might say again, while we're all here, however, that we'll stop at nothing to make sure of it. I read in the papers how important he is. Going to identify that killer for you in your trial, isn't that it? Yes, Niles has agreed to make the identification. Unfortunately, the newspapers have also printed the fact that he's the only witness I have against Johnny Galena. That sort of publicity isn't helpful at all. The journal gave it the front page this morning, Chief. Did you see it, Harrington? Yeah, I'll say I did. They hit it right on the nose, too. Said the district attorney considered Niles so important, he came out here personally to extradite him. Hey, look, can't we... Okay, okay, Niles, calm down. Calm down. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about? Are you crazy? Johnny Galena's got friends, ain't he? You think they're going to let me identify him if they can stop me? Oh, they'll do nothing, Niles. You're in my protection now, and I'll keep my promise to you. Is the train ready, Mr. Billings? I've got everything arranged. Sure, you keep your promise. They let me out of jail here to go back with you, sure, and all I get out of it is to be a target. Don't you Uh, see, Harry? You better get going, Harry. Yeah, right, Chief. Come on, Niles, and remember, when we go out that door, don't look to the right or the left, see? Just follow the conductor here. I'll take them directly to drawing room B, is that right? Fine. Do you have your ticket, Miss Miller? Right, Chief. Bedroom H. I'll get on last, the way you said it. Call me, Mr. Harrington. Let's go, Niles. I'll check with you later, Harrington, as soon as I get to my own bedroom. Passengers holding tickets... Just remember, C.A., you're responsible for me. Niles, I assure you, you won't be out of my mind for a moment. Not until I've got you safely on the stand against Galena. All right, Harrington, go on. Right. Let's go. You wait a few minutes, Miss Miller, and then board with the crowd outside, all right? Yeah, I know what to do, Chief. Good. I'll find you when I need you. In the meantime, don't recognize me on the train. It's better if we're not seen together. Chief? Yes? You're worried about this trip, aren't you? Frankly, Miss Miller, I am. Niles is my only witness in a trial that means... Well, you know what it means. Sure, Chief. I've got to get that man there to testify. Yes, and in condition to testify, too. So let's hope for the best. Well? They're on the train, all right. The DA's assistant has Niles in drawing room B. Harrington? Is that the name on the orders? Yeah. His picture's in the folder. Never mind, Elsie. It's him, all right. Niles was handcuffed to him. They're in B, right in this car. The DA's with him? He's in bedroom alone. This car, too. Mm, the boy sure worked that all right. <laughs> We're right between them. Oh. Johnny's got money, you know. Why shouldn't he get things worked right? Uh, he will. 
Getting me to pull this job for him was the smartest thing he ever did. Getting us, then. I come in on that fee. Don't forget. Well, don't you always come in on what I do, baby? Oh, sure. Like that washed-out blonde in the lobby last night. Huh. Oh, I was just a kid, Elsie. Forget it. Forget it? Sure. You leave me sitting in that lousy hotel room for two solid hours, and when I come down... Okay, they... okay. Forget it, will you? We got work to do. One of these days, so help me. Will you shut up? I've been harping about that dame all day. Well, why not? If I hadn't come down for that movie magazine when I did, you'd probably be with her yet. Just a kid. Will you pipe down? We got plans to make. Sure, sure. You want the ticket, Stubb? Huh? The guy collected while you were out. No, no, keep him. I got plans to make, I said. Let's have it. Now, now look. The way I figure it, we... Well? You stop glaring at me. How can I work with you shooting off your face all the time? All right, go on. What's the plan? All right. Well, they're all three on this car, see? Harrington, Niles, and the DA himself. Yeah. The best thing is to get over with it fast, Elsie. That way we can get off at Toledo, be back in Chicago before they know what hit them. Back to the blonde, I suppose. Will you listen, Elsie, and get this straight. I got a job to do now, a big job, for Johnny Galena, too, the biggest guy in the racket. I know that. Thing. So I don't fool around, get it? Now you shut up and listen to your orders, baby. Because this is one show I'm going to run right. Excuse me, may uh, I get through, please? Yes, certainly. Oh, here, I'll open the door for you. Well, is everything all right, Chief? Uh, so far, so good, Miss Miller. The conductor's collected all the tickets in our car, and he reports everything seems in order. Harrington's in the drawing room? With Niles, yes. Uh -huh. I'm going to relieve him while he gets some dinner. In the meantime, I think you might circulate a little, see if anyone strikes you as out of the ordinary. I will, Chief. I was just going into the ladies' dressing room when I saw you in the aisle. Yes, I see. You might try the club car later on, too. You know what to do. Right. I'll wait here a moment until you're out of sight. If you need me, I'll be in the drawing room with Harrington. All right, Chief. If I can't get back to you without being seen, I'll send a note by the porter. All right, that's fine. And be careful, Miss Miller. Be just as careful as you can. Oh, pardon me. Are you using this dressing table? Oh, uh, go right ahead. Thank you. I'm just going to see if I can do anything with my makeup. Honestly. The way your face can get dirty. <laughs> Isn't it something? You're going all the way through, are you? That's right, dearie. Say, uh, you don't happen to have an extra cleansing tissue, do you? Well, yes. Yes, I do. It's right here in my bag. Oh, thanks. There you are. Thanks a lot. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. The twain, uh, train swerved and I must have knocked your purse on the floor. Well, don't worry. I'll no, get here, it. I'll, let me. I'll get it, I said. Let my purse alone. But I was only... Never mind. You can have the makeup table if you want it. I'm finished. I'm sorry about your purse. Surely you don't think Keep I would... it. So long, dearie. Uh, uh, thanks for the tissue. Yes, you're quite welcome. Oh, Porter. Oh. Down here, please, and hurry. Here's a seat, young lady, right here. Oh, thanks. You sure it ain't taken? Not if you wanted it, ain't Best seat in the club car, too. Gives you a view of where you've just been. It's exciting, ain't it? That's Indiana. Nothing exciting about that. Oh, I don't know. Ever been in Gary? We just passed through it, Lisa. Hey, uh, can I buy you a drink? After a while, maybe. Ooh, I got such a head from last night. I don't think I can look at one. Uh, Gary, huh? You in business in Gary? I'm in business wherever I hang my hat, mister. Yeah? What kind of business? Why don't you guess? Well, let me see. Could be a model, you know. Get the looks for it. Thanks. But you're not. I guess you'd call me a booster. Huh? Always sticking up for the hometown. That's one definition, ain't it? There are others, you know. 
Like shoplifting. Yeah, so I've heard. Want trade handles, kid? Mine's Ben. Ben Mott. Hi. Smith. Edith Smith. <laughs> I bet. Girl's got to be careful, Ben. She can't go around spilling her name, can she? She can if she's out from the wall. Maybe she ain't. Ever been nailed, lady? By the cops? Yeah, in Denver. Yeah? Where in Denver? In the shed. Railroad station to you. I know the lingo. What was the rat? Boosting? I was doing the hook for the troops. It was a go-back deal, and I end up with a bad man. Hmm. You know the lingo yourself. Uh, St. Paul, you said? <laughs> what are you doing, kidding me, Ben? Nobody but a lamster gives St. Paul a play. This was Denver. The fix was in, so here I am. You know, Edie... Yeah? You're okay. Really okay. Oh, sure. I'm in great shape, I am. I said the fix was in, didn't I? What do you think happened to my fall, though? You, uh, got any plans, Edie? Oh, the big city. I thought maybe if I spent my last buck on a train like this, I could line up a mark. Who for? Traveling with somebody? No. No, I'm alone. I just thought I'd get in a new troop faster if I ride with a sucker all set. Yeah, it would at that. You're smart, Edie. You don't sound so dumb yourself, Ben. Hey, um, I'll take that drink now. Sure thing. I'll ring the... Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we can go back to my compartment and have a real drink. <laughs> you got a view of Indiana back there? I got a plan, Edie. I think maybe you're just the kid would go for it, too. How's the score? Plenty. Matter of fact, this is a business trip. Big business. Oh? I got a partner already, but, uh, you know how it is. The way my business runs, I need new blood. You know, Ben? Yeah? I got plenty of blood. Let's go back to your trap and, uh, have that drink. I won't be long, Chief. It's early. The diner shouldn't be crowded. It's all right. Take your time, Harrington. I'll stay here with Miles until you get back. What about me? When do I get to eat? I don't think it would be wise to take you into the diner, Miles. We'll have something brought back here later on. Yeah, I'll take care of it, Chief. Right. Say, uh, is Miss Miller in her bedroom? Uh, she's checking the train. Oh, and it'll be safer all around. All right, take your time. Safer all around. And you do think somebody might... Now, might... take it easy, Miles. Take it easy. Nothing's going to happen to you. I'm scared, I tell you. I was a fool to tell the warden I'd do now it. relax, I said. There's nothing to worry about. Sure, that's easy for you to say. I'm the guy they want to shut up. They won't. I've told you the trial in which you're going to testify means just about everything to me. So help me, I'm going to see that you do. <laughs> Send her in to get some food. She? Oh, I see. <laughs> Do you? What's the matter, Ben? She cramped your style. You wouldn't. Would you, Edie? What do you think? What's the job, Ben? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, not so fast, lady. Let's see who you know first. Well, uh, let's see. Did you ever hear of uh, Swede Larson out of Cincinnati? Point out, man, yeah. Kugler? Runs a cannon mob and shy. Well? How about a big boy, Edie? Say, like Johnny Galena. He's standing a rap, ain't he? Won't be a rap if Tom Miles doesn't identify him at the trial, you know. Yeah, that's what I heard. What would you say if I told you Niles is on this train? And that's the job, Tom Niles? Maybe. <laughs> you must be big yourself, Ben. Doing a job for Johnny Galena. I'm big enough to take care of you, Edie. The two of us. For a long, long time. Ben, I... Why, you louse. Elsie, I thought you were in the diner. 
Yeah, I bet you did. Well, that ties it. It's her. Look, Why, you poor fool. That's the dame I was telling you about. She's the one gave my purse the once over in the ladies' room. What? Why, that's true, but I... I told you you'd make a false move, Ben. Now you've blown it for good. Sit down, Elsie. Let's straighten this up. Yeah? You think I'm nuts? She's probably got the train swarming with cops. I'm getting out of here. Sit down, I said. And stay for the rap? What kind of a fool do you think I am? Now, wait a minute. There's been a mistake. I'll say there's been a mistake, dearie. Him. I should have pulled out long ago. I warn you, Elsie. Sit down. Let go of me, you shoot diamond bum. I'm going to see to it that you get yours once and for all. Elsie, put that gun down. I knew she had a gun in that bag. That's right, dearie. Now, here's where you get off the joyride, Ben, and right into the arms of the law. Look, honey, calm down a minute. A minute, my back is turned. You know that ain't true, Elsie. I've always come back to you, haven't I? Yeah, you've always come back, but that's not good enough. Look, Elsie, this dame don't mean a thing to me, and she's not hooked up with a cop. She's a booster out of Denver. That's right, Elsie. I'm not after your guy. You keep out of this. Elsie, look at me, babe. I love you, honey. You know that, don't you? Don't you? Oh, Ben, if I could only believe you. You know me, baby. Why, I'm all for you. Always have been. Oh, come on. Come on. Let me have that heat. Oh, Ben, if you'd only play square with me. I get all riled up like this and I don't know what I'm doing. That's my girl. Now let me have the gun. Here. Here, take it. That's right, Elsie. <clears throat> Thanks. You see, Ben, I... Yeah. Oh, don't. Don't. I haven't even started on her. Pull a gun on me, will you? Ben, no. Well, well, let me have it, won't you, Elsie? Huh? And with a rod, too. Nice and noisy so the whole train could hear. I didn't mean it, Ben. It was just my temper. Yeah, well, I do, real kid. I'm through with that loud mouth of yours once and for all. Ben, no. Look out, Elsie. He's got a you knife. You keep out of this. Come on, Elsie. Here's where we say goodbye. Ben! Oh. You... You killed her. Yeah. It's like we said, Edie. You blood for old. Now, come on. Let you and me straighten this out. Yes, but... You got just... questions to answer, little girl. And while you're talking... Just keep your eyes on this knife. We'll see what your district attorney makes of this in just a moment. But first, a definition of an optimist. An optimist is a man who takes the worst of it and makes the best of it. Now, a man is certainly getting the worst of it when he wakes up in the morning feeling sick and headachy due to the need of a laxative. But if he's an optimist, he makes the best of it. Yes, chances are he reaches for his sal hepatica. For you see, a sparkling glass of sal hepatica when you get up brings quick, gentle relief, usually within an hour. That means you don't have to risk feeling miserable all day waiting until night to take a laxative. And that's not all. In addition to quick, gentle relief, Sal Hepatica brings you another important advantage. This famous saline helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So, friends, be sure that you, too, keep a bottle of Sal Hepatica handy. Remembering this caution, use only as directed. Noon or night, see how much faster you feel better thanks to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. Now back to Mr. District Attorney. I'll take another look through the train, Mr. District Attorney, if you think that'll help. Well, yes, I wish you would, Mr. Billings. I can't understand where she is. I told you something would happen. I knew it. Pipe down, Niles. Hey, Chief, you sure Miss Miller ain't in her bedroom? I'm positive. Suppose I have that look at the other cars. Will you be here? Well, no, I think I'll go back to my bedroom, Mr. Billings. You'll find me there. She'll turn up, I'm sure. One thing, she can't get off the train. Yeah, Chief, I don't like this at all. You ain't seen her since she started back for the club car? Before dinner. Did you hear the conductor? He said she couldn't get off the train. Well, she couldn't. It must be doing 70 through here. She could get pushed off, couldn't she? Ah, uh, that'll be enough of that, Niles. I'm scared, I tell you. You promised to take care of me. Shut up, Niles. Shut up. You're all right. Oh, I'll go back to my bedroom, Harrington. I don't like to stay in here with you too long. Yeah, right, Chief. We'll see what the conductor's search reveals. And if he doesn't find Miss Miller... Yeah? Then we will, Harrington. I promise you, we will. 
Yes, yes, come in. Oh, come in, Mr. Bennett. Not in sight, Mr. District Attorney. I cover the whole train. I see. But this turned up. Yes? Seems a young lady gave the porter a note for you before dinner. Miss Miller? I think so, sir. Yes? Here, it's written on the back of a ticket stub. Let me see it. The porter had been warned about this car, you see. I told him myself to be careful. Gee. You say she gave him this note before dinner? He held it, sir. He was afraid to deliver anything without checking I've with me. I've got to get out of here, Conductor. Which way is compartment G? To your left, four down. Wait for me. I may need your help. Oh, excuse me, will you please? May I get through? Take it easy, bud. Just let me get out of your way. I'm sorry, but I'm in a hurry. You sure are. Thank you. Excuse me, please. I've got to get through. <laughs> Tell you, you can't stop people like Johnny Galena. He'll do anything. Oh, look, Niles, you've been whining ever since we left Chicago. Will you shut up? Take off my handcuffs, Harrington. Chain to you this way. I haven't got a chance. Look, for the last time, my job is to protect you. Do you understand? These cuffs stay, kid. You and me, real cozy like. I'm scared. Yeah, you said that. If I were you, I'd. Hey, 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 hey look, we're. Hey, it's a wreck. Hang on, Niles. Hang on. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Just shut up. Hey, listen. Hey. hey. They're coming in for us already. Do you hear them? They must be using the axe. Yeah, we're all right. Just, just get this beam off. Uh, go in there, Niles. I'm pinned. I can't move. <laughs> just keep coming. I can see the light where you broke the side. <laughs> keep coming. Yeah. Keep coming. Through the side, see? Through the side of the car. Don't worry. I'll get there. Just take it easy. Yeah. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. Who are you? You'll find out, Harrington. Uh, You're pinned, are you, Niles? Harrington. Uh, don't get panicky, Niles. Wait till I reach for my gun. Just stay where you are, Niles. I'll take care of you. Harrington, it's Ben Mott. He's going to kill me. I remember him from Chicago. I can't, can't reach my gun. Oh, this beam, if I could only push this beam off. Harrington, you said you'd protect me. There you are. Just a minute now, and I'll be there. Harrington, look, he's got a knife. <laughs> hey, drop, drop that knife. Drop it to hear me. Uh, sure, I've got it covered. Uh, right in your little pal here. No, my dog. So you thought you'd turn rat on Johnny Galena. Harrington. I warn you, I'll do nothing, Copper. Oh, you just lie there till I finish with him. No, no, uh, Ben, please. Please, one Ben. One more push, Niles, and I got you, oh. dirty rat. Harrington, help me. Help me. I can't. Wheel on Johnny, would you? Here's where you... Oh. Harrington. Oh, Chief. You all right in there? <laughs> I can't see over this body. Yeah, you got him, Chief. It's okay now. Just lie quietly, Harrington. We'll be through to you in a minute. Right. Hey, Niles. 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 Niles, are you all right? I'm all right. He's dead. All right, men. Let's cut away this beam. Chief. (laughs) Chief, that was close. Get some water, Miss Miller. Right. There's a doctor out on the tracks. Well, I'm okay, Chief. Was There's any... no one dead or hurt, Chief. This is the only car that went over. The train hit an empty truck on the road. Oh, good. Miss Miller, where did she... Well, it's quite a story, Harrington. But first, let's get you and Niles outside. We've got a trip to finish, you know. All right, men, let's go. 
The district attorney will return in just a moment to explain his rescue of Harrington and Niles. But first, here's a young lady who seems to be very happy indeed. Hallelujah, my guy's come back. Well, glad to hear he's back, young lady. And you know, in lots of other ways, too, life is getting settled again. For instance, Vitalis is back. Yes, back on drug counters everywhere. Vitalis? What's Vitalis? Vitalis is for keeping dry, unruly hair under control. It is? Well, then I guess that guy of mine must be using Vitalis. His hair is always well-groomed. Well-groomed in a natural masculine way? Mm-hmm, that's right. Well-groomed, yet free from that patent leather shine? <laughs> yes, sir. That's Vitalis, all right. What's more, Vitalis and the 60-second workout stimulates circulation, prevents scalp dryness, routes embarrassing loose dandruff, helps retard excessive falling hair. And that's why we say to men, to look your best tomorrow, get a bottle of Vitalis tonight. Here is your district attorney. Well, I want to say first, ladies and gentlemen, that Tom Niles went on the stand in my prosecution of Johnny Galena, and because of his testimony, we were able to secure another very important conviction in our war against crime. Yeah, I still say that was close, Chief. If you hadn't been right behind Ben in that wreckage, he'd have killed Niles, sure. Chief, I think you'd better explain just how you knew Ben was making his way through the wreck to Harrington and Niles. But it was your note that did it, Miss Miller. The note the porter delayed in delivering until just before the wreck. When you were in the ladies' dressing room with Elsie, that started the whole thing. When her purse fell, Harrington, I noticed it was heavy. Too heavy for an ordinary lady's handbag. Oh, she was carrying a gun, huh? I'll say she was. Fortunately, when I picked up the bag, her compartment receipt fell out. I wrote the note to the chief on the back of it. Yes, and as soon as I got the note, I went immediately to that compartment. As Miss Miller had written, the occupant seemed suspicious. <laughs> That's a mild word for Ben, Chief. <laughs> After he tied me up, I thought I was done for. Yeah, so you found Miss Miller in Ben's compartment, huh, Chief? Yes, Harrington, and Elsie's body. Miss Miller told me Ben had started for you, and so I followed him. Fortunately, neither of us was hurt in the wreck. Ben managed to get out of the car first, but I wasn't far behind him. Boy, am I glad you stayed on his tail. Oh, hey, Chief, what about next week? Well, next week, ladies and gentlemen, our story concerns one of the most unusual and interesting criminals in our files. It's the case of the dangerous clown. And I invite you to join us for it. Until then, thank you and good night. The names of all characters in a night's dramatization are fictitious, and any resemblance to names of living persons or actual places is purely coincidental. Our stars were Jay Justin in the title role. Len Doyle as Harrington, and Vicki Vola as Miss Miller. The music was under the direction of Peter Van Steeden, and the authors were Edward Byron and Robert Shaw. And remember, Vitalis for hair that's well-groomed. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. Vitalis and Sal Hepatica, two famous Bristol Myers products, which each week bring you Mr. District Attorney. <laughs> So often the girls say... What a man. If only he had that clean-shaven, masculine look. But many men say their faces are too tender for close, clean shaving. And girls say, no alibis, please. And I say, no alibis necessary. Not when you rely on Ingram shaving cream. That rich Ingram lather helps condition your face for the razor. You get cool, soothing shaves in comfort. Remember, men, comfort means coolness. Coolness means Ingram. I-N-G-R-A-M. Ingram, the cooler shaving cream. Try Ingram yourself. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's it for this episode of Case Closed. There's more from Nick Carter, Mr. District Attorney past episodes of this podcast, all of the other Relic Radio shows, and our Shoutcast stream, all at relicradio.com. Thanks again for all of the support this year, and thanks for joining me this week. Be back again next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed.